Hello, everyone. My name is James. Welcome to another episode of the Crypto Ledger podcast about everything crypto, covering news, views, and reviews. Uh, this podcast is proudly sponsored by Paybot, cryptocurrency company that offers a f- secure, affordable, and rewarding business payment solutions, all at lightning speed. Check them out at business.paybot.io. As always, I've uh, got my co-host here with me, uh, Raj. Good uh, evening for you, Raj. How are you doing? Uh, doing well, mostly. It's like allergy season here now. And <laughs> soon, as soon as winter's over... And- we, you know, spring starts and I get like notoriously bad allergies. So right now my eyes are watery <laughs> and I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> yeah, I'm all, other than that, I'm doing well. Uh, yeah. Do you have allergies by any chance? That's good. Um, no, not nothing, nothing in particular. I think my dad suffers from bad hay fever. So I do see him struggle during the change of seasons. But uh, is that the same for you? Hay fever? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely the same. It's just hard to breathe, watery eyes, sneezing. So if I sneeze during the podcast, people, I'm sorry, man. I don't, I don't want to burst your eardrums. You know, <laughs> but it's yeah. not my fault. <laughs> no problems. No problems. Um, all right, cool. So obviously, uh, last week we had a discussion about the war that happened. It was the news was quite fresh back then. A week into it, um, not much has changed. To be honest, the conflict is still ongoing. Uh, you know, the invasion is still happening. There's no no talks of any uh, slowdown or anything. So, yeah, looks like it'll be going on for a while. It seems that way, you know, sadly. Um, yeah, it's these things just, uh, you, know, we're, you know, last podcast we were hoping, you know, be quickly something, you know, peace talks would engage and, you know, it'd be over by now. But no, week two and, uh, yeah, still going on, sadly. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um well, on the backdrop of it, I thought today we'd be talking about um, something that's, yeah, that's quite uh, recently been happening all these, uh, in the backdrop of all these sanctions. Um, I thought, we'd, yeah, it'd be a good time to talk about CBDC, uh, Central Bank Digital Currency. Mm-hmm. Raj, maybe you can fill the listeners in on CBDC uh, <laughs> high level. What, what, what is a CBDC? It's a central bank's version of uh, of a decentralized cryptocurrency, basically. But in this case, it won't be decentralized. It will mm. be centralized. <laughs> mm. So I imagine each country or each um, uh, you know uh, institution that's in charge of fiscal policy will create their own uh, uh, digital currencies. Um, again, they will be probably be pegged to their uh, fiat currency. So in Canada, our uh, central bank will have their uh, fiat or their digital currency, which will be pegged to the Canadian dollar one to one. That is the thought, <laughs> and yeah. I think the approach is or the thought process is that it would have all the benefits of a digital currency, um, a decentralized digital currency, and all the benefits of a fiat currency. But then also it might have the negatives too. So I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we will definitely get into the negatives. Um, but maybe you touch, uh, and you touched on a good point about the the D in CBDC. Uh, unlike Bitcoin, for example, definitely does not stand for decentralized. <laughs> in fact, it's anything but decentralized. It's issued by the government, um, you know, pegged to the to the local fiat currency. Uh, but but nevertheless, you know, it, it's the same. Uh, monetary principles 
as as it's been for each individual sovereign country for for a majority of time, uh, depending on where you live, of course. Uh, but uh, the benefits are obviously, you know, it's digitalized, um, it's paperless, so it's a lot easier to uh, carry, right, in your wallet for the most part. Um, that you don't have to deal with coin, dirty coins or dirty uh, fiat paper notes. Um, it's very easy to transfer. When most people, you know, is already very comfortable using online banking, wallet, uh, mobile banking to do their day-to-day transactions. Why not just take it a step further and remove the uh, physical cash from the economy altogether? So this, yeah, everything you said to me sounds good, because especially in you know post-COVID world, almost it's uh, you know. You, you don't have to deal with actually touching the currency that you're using for, you know, to, to buy things. Um, so all these things seem good. Um, but the thing is, okay, yeah, it's not decentralized. It's, it's, it's decentralized. And I don't know, is there security? It could be a potential security risk uh, associated with that. You think? I think so. Yeah, definitely. So, um, definitely security risk, you know, in that you're ever more reliant on your, mobile phone, the security of a mobile phone, um, you know, because you're carrying, essentially you can up carry up to your entire, uh, you know, a, a big chunk of your um, cash reserves or whatnot uh, on your phone. So if your phone, if for, for those people who's unfortunately ever had their phone hacked for whatever reason, uh, well, yeah, you, you know, the same could happen to your um digital catch really yeah totally it's, it's a possibility um yeah among other things it's um it's you'd think like because you know with the decentralized nature of like say bitcoin it's it, you know there's no one point of failure it's like you can't really necessarily hack the system it's at this point is pretty much foolproof you know mm-hmm. um but with a central like how many servers are they going to set up with each each with each country is, is, is a, I don't think it's going to be at the scale of what Bitcoin is. I don't think it's feasible, you know, for each country to try to do that. Um, so infrastructure-wise, I don't know how they go about building it so it isn't, uh, it doesn't have like the, the, you know, the ledger system that's that's on the scale of, say, uh, Bitcoin. That's true. That's very true. You do, you do create this uh, dilemma where you have a very much a centralized point of failure um yeah so so yeah that's a great point um obviously you know depending on how each individual country deals with that but there could be uh, issues that arise from some countries where maybe they're not as technologically advanced and or don't have the resources to dedicate to it then there could be a catastrophic uh, effect if something were to happen there was talk in canada of our central bank doing it and i you know Canada's never really on the forefront of these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's talks, but I don't think they're going to have anything, you know, tangible built before any other country. Like we'll probably be one of the last to have something put out there. <laughs> and even then, I don't I don't necessarily trust the the security of it. You know, Canada's great. Everything else about the country is great, but this part of it, I don't know. You know, we're not in the forefront of technology usually. So Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and some interesting points I'd like to raise beyond uh, the, the immediate security ris- risks, both uh, at a centralized level and at an individual level, is um, CBDC poses a lot of threats uh, to uh, the average individual. 
um, because you know having a centralized currency where everything essentially is in control of um, the government the government controls everything and they have absolute uh, visibility of everything poses a very dangerous um, thing because things like uh, personalized inflation they could do uh, social credit ratings where they'll you know you're only seeing a lot of that in China where uh, a person's um, social credit uh, is pretty much um, determines what he or she uh, how she and he, he or she can participate in the financial system or lack thereof depending on the social credit um, you could even it makes it very easy for government to to impose personalized sanctions right um, and then another one um, is like expiry on, um, on digital digital currency, which you are, uh, otherwise can't do um, to incentivize for, for whatever government regulations that, that they impose or whatever whatever uh, policies that they adopt. Uh, maybe we can just go through each of those points um, and then and, and maybe discuss that further. What do you think? Each point is like a it's like a horror movie. <laughs> it's like I don't want to live in this future. It's yeah. uh yeah, it's, it's it's so I don't like you know, being in the West, I'm not entirely I don't know every everything about like social credit, what's going on in China. I do know it's 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 what is it, dystopian uh, sounding anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if there are any any benefits to it. Uh do you think there, there are, are any or so 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 um I guess uh full disclosure maybe for the audience. I, I am Chinese of Chinese descent. Um I was born in Shanghai, came to Australia when I was nine, uh, migrated with my parents. So I do I mean obviously my knowledge of the Chinese um economy and, and, and the, the the government, etc. is very limited from what I read from Western media. Uh so it, that in itself uh, presents a uh, biased opinion, obviously. Um, but from the little that I've read about the social credit uh, that exists in China is um, a where China is a relatively uh, surveillance state. So you know, I think um, there's a um, the government uh, likes to exert control um, over its citizens. You know, if, honestly, from, from my uh, biased opinion, honestly, it's, it's for the majority, it's for the greater good, right? We've got uh, China has one point something billion people. Uh, it's it's not even easy to to you know organize uh, five or ten people to agree to something, let alone one point seven billion. So it's it's not an easy task, that's for sure. Um, so they've adopted some um, you know rather um, uh, let's call it un- undemo- undemocratic um, policies when it comes to things like this, and one of them is um, social credit, which they rolled out a couple of years ago, I believe. Basically, it's uh, Akin to in the West where we have a credit finance, financial credit report. Uh, I don't know what's it like in Canada, but we definitely have it in Australia uh, run by uh, predominantly a few companies. Um, Equifax is one of the big ones. Yeah, we got that too. You guys got that? Yep, yep. So basically for those that are not, not sure what it is, it's basically uh, you get so you get a credit report, right, which you can access to your own as well. You can download it from um, the credit provider. It'll tell you what your credit score is. It'll tell you how many credit um, inquiries you've made in the past, and credit inquiries being loan applied to a bank, credit card application, uh, even like uh, utility bills and things like that, or mobile phone plan, right? Anything that involves uh, a lender lending you money up front, 
So credit card, you know, you, you buy first, pay later. Mortgage, obviously, um, a home home mortgage, you um, you know, you usually pay off over a long time. Things like that. So it basically tells you how credit worthy you are, how likely uh, you are to uh, default or, or not be able to pay your loan. Um, so that's what it is. Uh, yeah, and 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 China's obviously got um, a credit social credit system that extends beyond the financial credit. Um, so, for example, if you are a bad actor, if you deceive people in the past, if you're a known criminal, uh, your credit, social credit rating will probably likely plummet, and that will um, limit, you know, whatever financial capabilities or other capabilities you are uh, to participate in society. That's the gist of it, I think. Uh, what do you think yeah. about that, Raj? <laughs> it's uh, well, like you said, it's a huge population, and this is just one way to, to kind of. You know, control sort of like you said the bad actors um and yeah it's a scary thing because now you're these you know a, a, a central bank digital currency combined with that seems like they would have a significant amount of control over 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 your finances and your well-being if if this does come to fruition you know yeah yeah uh, i mean you know yeah exactly exactly and for most people um I mean, you know, we do have extents of that play out in other countries. Like, for example, I know um, here in Australia, if you have a criminal record, for example, probably more prominent in the US, if you have a criminal record, you'll find it very tough to to, to, to find a job, I think. Um, a lot of employees will, will outright reject that. I mean, uh, look at it as a black mark um, and things like that. So to an extent, there is some sort of social... Uh, prejudice against people with bad, you know, quote-unquote social ratings. But China's pretty much taking it to the next step and um, along with their own uh, CBDC, which they are rolling out already, um, yeah, you can see how someone who's who's made a mistake in their lives in the past um, will be exiled from this society or, or you know, isolated. Life, yeah, so, life will be even tougher than, and I guess the fear is, you know, countries in the West, maybe perhaps learning from that, and how if they have control, like with a central bank digital currency, it makes it much easier to, you know, enact that control over its citizens. So that that's is a concern. True. That's right. That's right. And they can, for example, uh, the other point is the personalized inflation. So obviously, at the moment, um, inflation is rampant, <laughs> but at the same time, inflation is fed. Right? You, um, you're a Canadian citizen. Uh, you hold the Canadian dollar to some extent. Uh, your friends, your family, other people in, in, in Canada are all uh, uh, utilizing the same dollar. So the, the inflation is felt across the board equally, right? Um, whereas uh, uh, having CBDC, uh, the government could start to impose personalized inflation, maybe based on your social credit score, maybe based on your age, maybe based on your uh, spending habits. Things yeah. like that. So they could start to really start to, um, you know, marginalize or target select groups of people depending on the policymakers at the time. That's fair. I, I never considered age being uh, one of the factors, but it's totally possible. You know, as you age, maybe they could decrease inflation to make life easier. But then obviously, you know, some parts of the population, namely, you know, us, <laughs> will probably have to pay higher inflation. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's totally a scary thing that 
it, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think I think a lot of these, um, you know, as with everything in life, there's 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 an upside and a downside, right? It's just about um, balancing the two. But 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 it's it's at the end of the day, it gives the government a lot more control than they currently have to directly affect the lives of individual citizens, which. Uh, for most of us, that sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it seems like a lot of governments are doing this. I think I, I read the other day that Brazil is is on it too. Mm. So it's, it's uh, yeah, I think central bank digital currencies are here to stay. I think many more countries will probably announce it this year. Uh, I think Canada announced it last year. But again, uh, personally, I don't have faith in them actually <laughs> going through with it. Uh, but other yeah. countries, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, so so um, yeah, they, then they could extend that further to to, to personal sanctions, right? Which are already touched on, basically. Um, yeah, removing people that they like or dislike. For example, um, you know, you might be an ordinary citizen working an ordinary job. Um, you know, n- never never straight never straight um, toe the line in any way. But what about your uncle? You know, you've got a family member. Uh, um, an uncle or a brother or a cousin that that's being involved in um, acts that uh, maybe the government doesn't like, right? Or maybe you support it, they support the wrong party <laughs> in some countries. Um, and next thing you know, like you know, your bank accounts, you'll see your bank accounts could be censored, your personal belongings could be sanctioned. Like you know, these things are definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. In fact, uh, most countries are already doing that, but just. Uh, it's a lot harder for them right now because your assets are everywhere. There's no central, there's no CBDC, but if there is a CBDC, oh, that's scary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could, you know, at one point just, you know, if everybody's into the system, they could just phase out physical cash and just, yeah, you rely on your bank card or your phone or whatever it might be. And then, yeah, like you said, on a very granular, granular level, they could enact influence on the individual citizen. So they mm. could, you know, if I voted for the wrong party, they could be like, okay, you wrote a point for the wrong guy. You know, here's a 5% more tax you have to pay or whatever it might be. So it's like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you're already seeing that playing out in the macro level, right? Uh, NATO and its uh, allied, allied, com- allied, allied companies against Russia and all these sanctions they impose. A lot of uh, you can imagine if it was, um, we're, we're in a world where CBDC is the predominant um, currency, it'd be just, so much easier for them to for individual governments to to act in any any way shape their form and, and have an instant effect basically an on and off switch yeah you'd want to obviously like i'm optimistic as a person so i would hope <laughs> that you know you know my government would do the right thing and not go super you know super villain on me <laughs> but you never know and he probably shouldn't give them the power to do so exactly uh, it, i think it's yeah it's it's not even about the you know the the um the intent like right because because it's it's just and 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 you know you, like once they have this power it's if you can imagine we're all on cbdc the chance of us moving back to a fiat or cash uh sorry a, a paper cash or coin cash economy is virtually zero i'd imagine right like yeah once you've once you've gone to that uh threshold uh, i don't think you're coming back yeah yeah they wouldn't want you to go back um, yeah yeah and, and and who knows maybe um in another four or five years you won't have such a 
um, a government that's so, oh, sorry, a elected leader that's so uh, level-headed? What if you have one that's uh, on the extreme end of things? Like, yeah, so it's just scary to think about, I think. It's like it reminds me of that TV show Black Mirror. Have you have you seen that? Mm, I've watched a few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is like totally set up to be an episode on that show. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a bummer of an episode. <laughs> I want to apologize to the listeners. It, you know, <laughs> it's scary. Yeah, it's scary. And one one last point I'll touch on, which is the uh, expiries of digital money. Which so um, for example, right, America um, during time during during times of economic, lack of economic growth, one of the big things that um, government's always pushing for people to do is go out and spend because more spending equals more uh, consumption, which then equals more production, more employment, all that good stuff, right? That generates the economic, uh, turns the economic wheels to, to generate economic growth. Now, um, what if with, with CBDC, the government could potentially have do something like uh, you know, your you mandate things like fifty percent of your wages must be spent within the year, otherwise they expire. For example, to to, yeah. to uh, stimulate economic growth, you you kind of seen a lot of that already in in some forms like food stamps or government subsidies. They are having an expiry date. Like in Australia, here we get um, uh, uh, let's call them food vouchers, even. Um, in a form of it where you get like, uh, I think last year during COVID, we got four $25 vouchers, so it equate to $100. So you can spend them at um, a lot of participating restaurants, but they expire after a year. So imagine they start doing that to your money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, it's totally a possibility. And you'd think, mm. um, you know, if it is, this is you know, crank up the economy it's probably good for our generation but if you're a retired person then yeah that could potentially eat away at your savings if they do, do decide to do that mm -hmm. um yeah this is just uh yeah it's very thought-provoking uh part of me wants uh, some country to actually get the ball moving and do this i just don't want it to be my country i just want to watch from a distance and see how it plays out um yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but, you know, obviously the possibilities are endless, obviously, how, how government, can, government can interfere more and more with our individual lives, uh, especially if they control the money. But, um, yeah, if we, if we were to, yeah, I mean, this topic would go on for hours. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, I think most of the ideas I've heard of central banks trying to do this is it's mostly negative from what I've seen or what I've read. Um, Obviously, they, they promote the idea that, you know, we're going to have all the best things of, of a decentralized currency. But you're kind of missing the point, I feel like. A decentralized currency, it's popular because it is decentralized. So they're kind of doing a counter to what it was meant uh, to be. Um, yeah. So I don't uh, I don't agree with them, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I see why they would want to do it, just to have more control, really. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely, uh, I'm on the no column. <laughs> I vote no for this. <laughs> yeah, so let, let, let's see how it turns out. But like you said, maybe some of the countries that, that do adopt it first will have some, um, will, will show us, yeah, how, how it, yeah, how it plays out and then go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
yeah if people you're listening at home give us your comments let's see let's hear what you have to say um, yeah absolutely get involved uh leave a comment um uh, let us know what you think yeah yeah absolutely um and if you found this podcast to be a bit of a you know a bummer just i apologize <laughs> but it's it's an interesting topic and i thought you know it's, it's it's good to discuss yeah yeah okay great well thank you as always raj appreciate uh all your insights and um yeah thank you everyone for listening and uh, we'll catch up with you next week absolutely see you guys next week all right bye